Hey everybody, I'm Jody Vance. And I'm George Affleck. And it's time for Ain't No Sunshine When It Rains. Ugh. Unspun. I've never needed to sun more. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. It's a little bit sunny out there right now as we record. I think there is some prediction. But it was supposed to be sunny all week, and then it uh, turned into this World War storm. I mean, what is happening? It's going to get better if you trust the meteorologists. Okay. okay I mean, please. predicting what they can here please. on the South Coast anyway. The interior is a whole other story. It was, it was snowing on the Coquihalla last night. It's bizarre. Oh, it's happening. Uh, I will tell you this, while you're yes. hitting the rain, I have been for the last five weeks dog-sitting my girlfriend Catherine's dog while she's off shooting Amazing Race Canada. So five weeks of three dogs, and I walk them outdoors every single day off leash because i got to oh. run them out so they don't bark behind me. Three yes. monkey dog baths every single day no. for five weeks. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you think you don't like dogs? No. I love my dogs, but today when I came back from that like, walk, they did not... That's a job. That's a full-time job is. you basically got there. Feels like that, it. Feels like uh, it. Let's talk about jobs, shall we? Should we talk no. about sort of a... Nice. It, it, it kind of feels like mm-hmm. um, a mafioso type job. Like I, I thought when I first <laughs> saw the numbers, honest to God, George, I was like something, this is a typo. This has to be a typo. Are we talking a about what? Muse- what are we talking a about? Muse- <laughs> a new museum yes. in Victoria. Yes. And I'm like, oh, great. I love a new museum. Oh, and it's an initiative that's tied in with First Nations, Indigenous peoples. Sure. And yeah. I love this good. This good. $789 million in eight years? Yeah, it's. I'm confused. Uh, because we've been in Vancouver through the uh, process for the art art gallery still to be built. Uh, and it, I think it came in at 250 or something. It's quite a lot of money still. But obviously, in the most expensive piece of property uh, in you know in Vancouver, Victoria, they already have the property, so they're going to tear the other one down and build a new one. Is that the plan? That is. is that they're like, oh, you know what? Here, I'm going to go one step further, George. Guess how much they invested in that very building last year? Oh God, I think I know this, but go ahead and tell 12, us. Well, twelve million dollars. Excellent. Of tax taxpayer dollars spent to uh, upgrade twelve million. La- so we're talking about an eight hundred million mm-hmm. dollar museum like it's fine what? if there had been a process i mean if there had been a process and we all knew about it and thought and we had public input and there was an engagement system and and it wasn't know, a pandemic in an affordability crisis with yes. inflation and a healthcare system that's getting kerplunk i know like Read the it's, damn room. Rebuild it's the strangest. Lytton. Rebuild yeah. Lytton before you redo the museum. <laughs> yes, oh my good God. point. And you know, and and the first week that Kevin Falcon be, is in the house in the ledge, you know, he's sworn in, and then they hand him this gift. Here's a welcome welcome wagon <laughs> has arrived. Here's your here's your political gift to slam them for the next uh, you know, whatever two years or whatever whatever Eight. for the next election. No, but for the yeah. next election. They've given them but this gifts. the end. The party will wear this for a very, very long time. No, they're like, going to cancel. It's not going to happen. There's no way. It's not. Gonna so happen. what's okay? So let's unspin this then. What's the sparkly thing? What What are they distracting us from right here? Oh uh, well, I mean the fact they're probably going to have huge deficits, and I, I don't know. I mean, I I just think that they literally thought it was a good idea. I I think they're just being 
they thought you know they're, I, I, they're, there's such a Vancouver Island based uh, administration the, the the entire you know Horgan never leaves the island he never has left the island he doesn't really understand there's a he went up recent I think he's gone just for the first time uh, up to uh, the northeast to, or northwest to look at the uh, our giant uh, dam that's being built for the first time in several he did. years. Yeah, uh, he doesn't leave the island, and so he's you know people who live no offense to people who are listeners on Vancouver Island, but you know and viewers, there is a you, when you spend too much time on an island, you get island bound, or there's a mentality that you 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 the borders of the world start. To, I lived on an island for a while. <laughs> I know this, and you know you sort of lose track of what's. It's like how Vancouver or BC feels about being in Canada. You know, we feel like we're so like remote, and we have our own. You know, it's it's yeah, other side island of the Rockies. Is, yeah, yeah it was, I think Vancouver Island when you have that body of water. And you never leave it. That this administration that we have, these NDPers, uh, the entire island is NDP. They they've lost focus on, you know. It's also uh, it's quite early, but it's happening. Arrogance is setting in, and right you see it a lot of the stuff. The Green Party is complaining about. They warned us that they, if they got the supermajority, they would become like this. Uh, this happened in Vancouver Revision. They became overly confident that well we know what's good for people because we have a super majority now and so therefore we will do what is best for the people uh it's very common and it's the undoing of any government in the end it may not be the next election but it's certainly a, a path you see heading toward the end of the ndp uh you know and and ruling this province it's um you also why can't they just not why do they not see this why do they not understand when they start to destroy themselves internally you just know that behind the scenes the caucus is now going what i mean they must be torn now they're, i can't imagine what the caucus meetings are for the ndp right now they're they're, they're going to lose control the whip's going to start going hey what uh, are we going to do about this that's why i think it'll get cancelled in order to keep their caucus united otherwise once the caucus falls apart your, your party falls apart and you lose the election. And that's how you, you know, you lose the elections. You don't win an election, you know, this, you know the liberals won't win. It'll be the NDP losing uh, right. and them losing in their internal controls. You know, Gordon Campbell, he won every election. And then he, he had to step down because of the HST because uh, his own caucus said, Get, no, dude, this is, this yeah. was not what we agreed to. We promised we wouldn't do this and you did it. What? So they, even though a lot of them did, were committed to it uh, after they realized I got it. The sentiment was against it. They were like, yes, I, I got to I got to say, I regret my wording off the top. I don't, I don't mean mafia or like strong arm. I'm trying to come up with a way of saying, I feel like suddenly the tone deafness has re reached a level that it, it's all about what the, what the top, tier of whoever is making the decisions has has tuned out all of the little guys and i'm pointing to myself and you because we're the little guys here mm -hmm. to not even give us like the benefit of explaining how you reached that number like that number to me as a born and raised british columbian as a born and raised vancouverite i've seen some pretty crazy spending in my time mm -hmm. but to, to throw down 789 million dollars for a building yes i mean i get it museums need special rooms and need to be secure and yes but even then like proper temperatures and it's quite right, if you've ever done, I've done a tour of the back of the art gallery when i was elected totally it's very interesting you learn all about the complex world of historical artifacts and art and why it's important but yeah right. it's, right. it's it's not the right time uh but let me just finish this. my point if i yeah. could because mm -hmm. the thing that gets me the most, the excuse I've heard so far the most is, 
it's on this plot of land that's a little bit small and there's asbestos in the building so we need to remediate that and then we're going to have to build a, a taller building because of the smaller plot where the museum is and in my head i'm like move it move the museum the mm -hmm. museum is in Victoria, first and foremost. So, and I did what you said about people who live on the island are very insular mm -hmm. on what happens there because I had somebody, I won't name them because they don't like to be public, but was very clear like, you hear about this Falcon guy who's like all about mad about this museum. And I'm like, yeah, he's not alone. And it's not about political stripe here, it's about the cost of this. And this individual who was a longtime Victoria resident and proudly states himself as such and is of a certain age mm -hmm. where he said, you don't know how much money that museum brings in, in tourism. Like, you don't know how much money. I'm like, not that 700, much. $780 million, no. $90 million? Uh -huh. No. You know what would bring more money into Victoria? Build a rapid transit system. If you cared about Victoria and you wanted to spend $700 million, build a SkyTrain so that people who live in the suburbs or tourists can go visit Bouchard Gardens or go not have to yeah. rent a car or do the, all the other amazing things that are on the island. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I, it's there's a there's a common uh, words that uh, a term that um, quite often writers and people when they the the what the market uh, the, the people who are conservatives and they call socialists or, or right left of center people they often say they 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 believe. They say this, and it's not religious-based, but it defines how they make their decisions for the people. They say they're doing God's work. They think mm. that people on the left side of the spectrum, uh, this is a common conversation that the people on the... Because quite often in right-wing governments, right-wing governments, they, they really believe in the market economy. They believe in small business. They believe in letting the market drive the economy. They don't want to right. get too engaged, you know, a little libertarian if possible. Uh, whereas, you know, left-wing governments want to be involved. They want to put their fingers in everything. They want to control the agenda. They want to control as much as possible because yeah. they're doing God's work. We know. We know what's best for you. You you just mm. just, just, just sit down. We've got this. We've got this. We've got this. You little people, we've got this. You don't understand. You're not smart enough. No, it doesn't work because people are smart enough. The electorate is smart enough. So uh, this yeah. could be their undoing for sure. It's certainly an indication that they've lost touch with reality. Um, and that's uh, great news for the liberals and Kevin Falcon. And they are riding this one like nobody's business. Kevin Falcon, in his first week as official opposition leader, uh, also uh, took wasted no time in, in, in throwing down a very wedge issue, hot topic for those who live south of the Fraser, certainly, and for those who live in Richmond, uh, mm -hmm. whether or not the Massey Tunnel or the Ten Lane Bridge that the Liberals will tell you time and again, had that continued, it would have been completed this the summer. summer. Yep. Uh, instead, we're still driving through. And this is not me being a liberal. This is not me being uh, a, an NDP support. This is this is not political strike for me because I grew up in Tawasin and worked in in Vancouver and commuted through that tunnel for years and years. And I still have to go back and forth because my parents live there. I'm telling you, enough now. Because my very first ever column for the Orca, my very first ever piece, what almost five years ago now was about the mm -hmm. Massey Tunnel and how every single time I go through it, I hold my breath, I'm terrified. It, it, it was There was no seismic safe building back in the day. It's literally a couple of cement tubes sitting a bunch on top of silt. I mean, <laughs> let's fix this. Me. Like, but let, 
Well, Come and, on. And that was, you know, talk about politics, you know, the decision to cancel that project, hundreds of millions of dollars into it. They were ready to start building. They had laid all the strategy, all the pavement, everything was ready to go on the they roadside. You could see it. It was ready to fill was in. And and there and I was on council then and Vancouver and Richmond and several other and so there's some other ones, uh generally NDP uh controlled city councils uh were very against uh this bridge. Uh they and they were, they used the whole environmental thing saying the bridge is not environmentally safe and you're like, but a tunnel is not better. What's the but they would see a tunnel is better this this is no there's no sense to a tunnel, a bigger tunnel underwater. How can that be better environmentally than a bridge? This is what's called pavement politics. You know, this is about you know, you know, paving this or paving that, and how, where does the pavement lead to? What riding does it affect, negative or positive? This is the ultimate in in politicking from the 1950s. Really, it's yeah. ridiculous that we still have that you can win and lose elections. Tolls. The NDP won the election. It got a minority government because of getting rid of tolls, which cost uh, taxpayers hundreds of millions of dollars. And uh, it doesn't. And now the, the province doesn't have the flexibility to reduce gas taxes like they did in Alberta because they took away hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue uh, from the tolls. And yeah, yeah, Surrey's happy, sure. But meanwhile, yeah. those of us in Vancouver who don't drive out there and didn't care about a toll, um, you know, have to pay for all these things that we don't even use. It's it's just it's crazy politics and. You know, it's going to take 10 years, more than 10 years to get the, anything built across that point. Can we talk about taxpayers paying for things that we'll never even use, like a wood splitter? Can we, this can we get in. in? This just in. <laughs> Craig James. When we, when we started this podcast, when we started mm -hmm. Unspun initially, right. again, historically speaking, this was the story when we started. And we're like, we thought it would never what? end. <laughs> and it finally has. Here it is. Today is the day as we are reporting. Uh, Do you James. feel like throwing up? <laughs> no. As I quote the former Daryl Pleckus. Daryl yeah, Pleckus said, "When uh, you find out, you'll feel like, and and it's really, you know, what I feel like it, it, it's brutal. It's brutal. It's brutal. It's that just the, like that this happened, and that it that it's tied up and cost us all more as this process was drawn out, drawn out, drawn." It, it speaks to how broken so many things are, but certainly mm -hmm. how broken it was that in clear sight that this was happening in the literal center of our provincial government in the legislature. Mm -hmm. And this it's is the person parties. who runs it. It's not exactly. It's nonpartisan. And, and that's not to say that everybody there knew what Craig James was doing allegedly back then and now confirmed that that he's been found guilty on on a couple of the charges and certainly mm -hmm. um as you say vindicates vindicates uh daryl plekas and and how he like pounded his fists on the on the table yeah. about it um but it's 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 brought in some good change in in terms of transparency at the legislature and a note of, of accountability so there's i guess we're moving forward to some degree but then you know we see oh, that I in you know, I would argue, yeah, I hope so. I think that it's, you know, if you've ever sat on a board of directors or, you know, uh, you know, I even found this on council, you know, looking at financial documents and reading the deep, deep, you know, people talk, complain about Vancouver not having a proper you know, line by line budget and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, the chances of a politician actually reading that and looking at that closely is unlikely. Most politicians have very little experience understanding financial statements, even understanding yeah. 
you know, where, how to read an expense report or anything like that, or would consider, oh, well, the expense report, you know, they would assume that the staff person wouldn't, you know, that this wouldn't happen, or you, you, you have expectations of your in, in government of that kind of stuff not happening, um, that yeah. you're focused on the projects that are being built as a, as a financial picture, but it's your duty, it's your responsibility, uh, whether you're elected in the office or you're on a board of directors, the number one thing, and I, I, you know, I act as a treasurer on my strata council because I, I don't, I want to make sure I know where my money's going. It's yeah. the number one thing you should be looking at as a politician. The first thing you look at is should be the money and understand how the money's coming in and how it's going out. I don't care what department you're in, or if you're on a board of directors, I don't care if you have to have, learn those skills because this is what happens. People, uh, there are times when people take advantage, and it, it's a slippery slope sometimes. And we we're seeing this with Craig James and this. Uh, this guilty verdict, uh, you know, it's it, it's disappointing, and it's but it's it, it's it's to the it's the responsibility of that what was oversight by all parties of that uh, speaker's office that none of them caught it. That's a testament to their in, in, in their inability to read financials. I would say, who were those yeah. people? Why weren't they able to see this stuff over years? This is a this is inexcusable. Not necessarily in the staff. This isn't excusable for the people who governed that office and they failed us as taxpayers and they should be held accountable as well. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Accountability is a big part of why uh, Jason Kenney over in Alberta <laughs> had a leadership Surprise. review. Okay, so let's just do a little history here before because I was live on the radio in Toronto when the news dropped that Kenney oh, wow. uh, resigned. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Didn't he just say how he thought at Christmas time about not continuing on as leader, but felt he must because the the radical far right fringe of the party needed somebody to to hold it closer to center. And then just before this vote came down, the, the confidence in him within his own party came down. He said, all I need is 50 percent plus one. Well, he got 51.4. So he got 50 plus one plus point four. Yeah. And decided immediately, uh, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Well, it's a victory on his part for sure. I would say he did it. Uh, and he's smart uh, to get out because he wouldn't get it next time. You know, no. he is so got so many knives in his back now within that party. You, when you can only get 50% support when your economy is starting to boom, when gas prices are at a record highs, you're the place where all the gas comes from. The, their economy is skyrocketing. Uh, the, the electorate seem, you know, they, they seem fairly okay, but his party has fallen apart with him as the leader. So he knows he's failed at that level that he could only muster 51%. Better to leave before getting pushed. Uh, uh, and he can now say with confidence, I did have the support of the majority of the people. It was my right. decision. And, you know, it's having been in politics, it's not a lot of fun when people don't like you. Uh, you know, from in my, it's not. But you are so most, loved, George. Everybody the, loves George. Yeah, but not day, yeah, yeah. But day to day in council with this no, you know, majority sure. vision who would pound at me like for hours and hours, I'd get beaten and beaten, uh, you know, not by fun. them for on all issues where I tried to take a stand. And, and they, you know, you go for hours, they would be attacking me. Um, and it's exhausting. It's no fun. I mean, it's, yeah. some people might find that fun, but I certainly didn't. And I'm sure Jason Kenny's going, okay, you know, <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I don't see a path for success here. Um, and frankly, do I need to take this beating anymore from not my own party where I've actually, things are starting to turn around in this province, given the 
nightmare that they've lived through for over 10 years. Um, so, you know, Adios, uh, you know, it's, it, it also gives him the ability to leverage uh, his role as a, uh, you know, pre, a pre, former premier. He'll get in lots of great boards. He'll make a lot of money. Uh, if he yeah. booted, uh, his his credibility and his his leverage his stock would, be would dive. Yeah, his stock totally. would nosedive like the Dow Jones did this week. <laughs> yes. Let's talk local. Let's talk municipal politics. Let's not get uh, into that. I don't even look at my statements. Oh, my God. I don't know. Don't look at your statements, yeah, people. Wait Inflation, uh, affordability, gas prices, all those things. Yeah. We, can talk, we can talk about those for the entire 30 minutes of Unspun Podcast, but we need to get to the politics hitting in Vancouver City Council with regards to the Broadway plan. We talk about this a lot because it is a big deal. Uh, it is you know, where the direction of Broadway is going to go, the Broadway plan, just for backstory for those who have just found us at unspunpodcast.com welcome. welcome thank you for subscribing <laughs> like and subscribe like and subscribe and comment yeah. if you like um but when it comes to the the actual needing of a broadway plan that was a federal mandate right lay, lay the groundwork here so if somebody's just tuned in for the very first time the broadway plan is part of what the federal government said they needed in order to give the money for the subway that yeah, is going yes, along Broadway. There's, like, there's yeah. that connection, but it's also a connection to the regional plan. Uh, right. it's, a, it's considered one of the major metro centers, uh, so it's required to be developed. Uh, I think Oak Ridge is also. This is the second biggest business district in the province. So people yeah. argue that why would we want to put a, you know, why are we rushing this plan or blah, blah. Well, we have to because, as you noted, that there is a, a rule on development at the stations as part of the requirement for the funding. But also the city just needs to develop a plan along there. Partly because guess what? We're going to lose a lot of traffic on Broadway. And I hear this, you see this a lot. We'll put a bike lane on there. Well, you know, maybe, you know, but let's, okay, let's, let's, you know, that could be the future of Broadway. You know, it is also pretty much the only highway we have through the city right. uh, where we have to have transport vehicles delivering and stuff. And it's the health district. The biggest health district in the province is this area as well. Right. There are people that live kind of on Broadway, not really, not really on Broadway. And there's not, even in the Close. planning, there's not a lot of homes that are going to be built on Broadway. Some are just off Broadway. And that's where all the, that's where all the, all this focus on uh, high rises and, and, and really taking the messaging way off course uh, of so the let's, point of the let's Broadway. Let's be, be, be specific there because all of the conversation right now, as far as the current mayor Kennedy Stewart is concerned. It's all about housing and rental housing on West Bro West Broadway, East Broadway, on Broadway Corridor, the Broadway Corridor at large, mm -hmm. and how some of these um, older rental buildings will be torn down and taller towers will be put up, more modern spaces will be put up in their place, and then the renters will be able to access. Uh, the current renters will be then able to move into the new places and spaces at the same rate or lower rent. Um, and then in my mind, I'm like, where are those buildings that he's talking about on Broadway? Because I can't think of any. The the how the smaller rental housing, yeah. There's not a yeah, lot they're on off Broadway. Broadway. They're off right. Broadway. So there there and there are some. You know, the Broadway plan kind of goes a block, two blocks across, into the off Broadway sort of. Um, right. It doesn't go that far off though, because you. 
then encroach into community plans that may exist. I think the, the issue is how far west it goes. Maybe that's that's the issue for a lot of people. The majority of towers are really situated, you know, there are some cluster over on Arbutus to the west. The majority of the major towers are from Granville Street, if you know Vancouver, over to basically Camby. Not yeah. even there because, and it's, again, that's the health district. You know, in, in one thing I learned in office was about health uh site developments and, and in health, the health and how you build a building in health, in healthcare. So any of these buildings that might be related to healthcare, height is, is effective in controlling uh, any kind of viruses or anything like that. You can, the old days of building hospitals and medical sprawl. Facilities, yeah. sprawl is a really ineffective approach to, to, and dangerous. Um, and so there's a real movement. Uh, if you look at what's happening up at, uh, you know, the hospitals, the children's, they're, they're higher now. Um, yeah because it's a, it's it's safer. And so some of these buildings are medical facilities and medical buildings that we need to have in the medical healthcare district of the province. Right. <laughs> Once again, but remember the Laurel oh. building was built and then there wasn't enough money to staff it. So there was this tower that nobody used. I mean, well, I mean, the VGH, the entire building was half empty for years and years they built yeah. for the future. You always build healthcare facilities for the future for at least 20 or 30 years. So there's a good chance a yeah. lot of these buildings might be empty. I, I, I don't understand... And, and some of the modeling I've seen, I've seen these models before. The person does them, always shows up at council um, uh, and, you know, presents these modelings that he has. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's got skills, but he's not an expert. Staff don't spend a lot of time on that kind of modeling. They never, never do. There's all this, this conversation of shadowing. Shadowing is not something that the city prioritizes. View cones are minimal. Um, it's, it's really about what, what, they, what they failed out on this plan by far is okay we approved the process when i was there in 2018 the process should have taken about two years but the new council got elected very dysfunctional council as we know and we've talked about for almost four years here on unspun they decided to put all their energy and staff's energy into the vancouver plan which is this massive plan still not finished kind of randomly put out there now it's just gone it will never see that thing again um and was it 30 million dollars yeah 20 20 oh yeah it's millions yeah and then we yeah. have the broadway plan which should have been the priority for them. And we set the set the table for them to do it. Um, and they could have had it done and they wouldn't have had all the politics. It wouldn't have been an election year. They could have done it in two years. Um, and they could have probably had done better community consultation because they would have had staff focused. Um, focused. And then they could have started the city plan, the Vancouver plan, maybe after that. But they were so obsessed with their own Vancouver plan and putting their own stamp as a council on stuff that was new and shiny that they forgot one of the most important plans that we set forward that was required, as you noted, that they didn't uh, take care of and they let it ride for now four years. And now they're facing an election in a few months. Uh, they all want to get reelected. They're all afraid of special interest groups and louder citizens uh, who are very effective. You know, Bill Tillman, once he's involved, be careful. That guy doesn't know. He, he knows how to win. Um, and so I would imagine that this will get punted, which is sad because that means another four years of delay and who knows what this new right. council will be and what will they want to do. And well, it's just, it's just one error after another. And it's, it's the perfect metaphor of this council's incompetence in the last three years, this Broadway plan. It just shows you how incompetent it's, 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 it's painful because I'm not against it or for it. I just want something to actually happen. People need places to live. Mm -hmm. Communities need places to live. The NIMBYs in the single family dwellings throughout this city trying to just protect, protect, protect need to wake up to the fact that we're going to have to sprinkle some gentle density throughout all of the neighborhoods. And if we don't, 
people are going to ram towers into your neighborhood in, in urgent ways. Like that's what I see happening here because the polarization of both sides, like ones were like, we got to wipe out everything. It's like, well, I don't, I don't know that that's true. And I don't always agree with Bill Thielman. You mentioned him, but I mean, when he started talking about, have you looked at Paris? Like, how about that? Where, you know, I knew and I've talked about this many times being that, that gentle, gentler, mm-hmm. more widespread True. density than maybe like what we see in Burnaby, where all of a sudden tower, 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 tower. And you love a tower. I'm not a tower liver. I've lived uh, they're in. efficient. In, I, I in, get it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But I, mm-hmm. but, but there are people who do not want to raise their children or have two dogs, three when they have their friend's dog, who don't want to live in a tower. So um, do I need to have a single family dwelling with a yard all the way around and protecting it from anybody to come anywhere near my neighborhood? Also, no. There's got to be some middle ground. And somebody said mm-hmm. on Twitter, George, it's not the best plan, maybe, but it's the plan we have. And if that's <laughs> the selling point, we need to go back to the no. drawing board. But while we're back at the drawing board, as you've said since day one of this podcast, the city of Vancouver owns property. The property that is owned by the city should be developed in ways that are incentivized for the developer or be create some kind of housing, whether it's temporary or permanent, yes. that creates housing for the people who need a place to live, period. Fix what's broken in Fairview. Fix what's broken in, broken in that city-owned land with, with a bunch of people watching the lease tick down in a way that's scaring the bejesus out of a lot of people, and many of them seniors, looking at maybe being, you know, completely screwed, for lack of a better mm-hmm. word. Like, let's tick off some of the boxes in order of, like, we're sitting here, sparkly things, 200 people coming in to talk about this plan, and it's like, what's getting done? Nothing. Yes. Well, and and the only poll I've seen is from Daily Hive about the and the support is very very high for it. Uh, what is the polling? Do the city doesn't do this really? To check with the residents. You get two hundred people coming there yelling and screaming, but meanwhile, uh, you know, one million people are going. I'm okay with it. <laughs> so it's See, like, and I'm okay reality? with I'm okay with the density increasing. I have no problem. You want to build a building in in my neighborhood? Build a building in my neighborhood. Do I want it to be forty stories tall? I'd prefer that's not. not what this, that's not what this. But that's, that's what I mean. That's but that's the extremes that people are thinking. to Canby. Focus right. on that area, which it's called Broadway. Come on, it's it's a major arterial in our city. It's the most common. Like, where else would you be putting towers generally? You know, on a, this is an area that makes total sense. The problem yeah. is that they've done terrible consultation because they've been now rushed it towards the end of this council because they want to get it approved. Uh, so staff are like, "Oh God, we got to get this thing done because we've got to get this thing done." Literally. We have to. Yeah. Uh, this train is freaking, being built. They're <laughs> freaking people out. They're freaking people out outside of what you just explained. Because I think if it was really targeted, if it was like this is between Canby and Granville, and it's not about housing, it's about business. I think mm-hmm. that those two hundred people that are screaming about housing in in council wouldn't be there if it was focused on business. Like, mm-hmm. get it done. And the the whole conversation about upzoning and what will happen and who will make money off what, again, that brings us back to a whole different conversation. It's just been thrown all tried? together and made political in yes. an election year, October 15th, 2022. Mm-hmm. George's birthday is the day that we all go to the polls, know who's doing what, and know that you only need to check the ballot on those who you want to be representing and spending 
your tax dollars. And you got to follow <laughs> George at George underscore Affleck on Twitter at George underscore Affleck. We lovingly call him underscore around here. You can find me at Jody Vance at Jody with a Y Vance on Twitter. Give me a follow there. And we're we're going to keep talking podcast.com unspunpodcast.com next week. Mm -hmm. I promise I'm going to get into this story from a, a, a friend of mine who I graduated oh, from yeah. high school with a restaurateur who is absolutely beside herself. She's got a friend of hers in the restaurant industry who is literally George been waiting a year for permitting don't even, and licensing. Don't even, don't even. I'm gonna, we're going to get into it next week in a way that yes. somebody needs to pick up the story. I have some tips. Okay. There you go. Tune in Tell next her to call week. Me. Tell her to call me too. If she wants uh, Sally call George. Okay. <laughs> All see right. We'll week. see you next week. Bye.